0: On that same day, two disciples were traveling to a village called Emmaus. About seven miles from Jerusalem, they were talking to each other about everything that had happened. The word of God to the people of Will you please pray with me and for me? Holy Spirit, you are here. Holy Spirit, speak to us as a faith community and speak the word that each of us individually needs to hear. Holy Spirit, may all that I say point us toward greater union and intimacy with you the lover of our souls. Amen. They were grieving. They were disoriented, probably pretty scared, but they were together and they were talking with each other about their recent experiences. these two disciples that we just heard a brief snippet about, their opening journey about, had just experienced the worst weekend of their life. Around three years ago, maybe a little less than that, they had started to follow this new teacher, Jesus, and they thought he was going to be the one who brought them security, going to put them back on top. The person they had given up their livelihood to follow Had just been taken out by the Empire. They were traumatized. The purpose for their lives had just been upended. Imagine it was grief, confusion, and fear all rolled up into one giant mess of human glop. The hopes that they had had for this new way of life were lost. Their dreams of a safe and secure future, those weren't happening anymore. They were profoundly disappointed. So they went for a walk together and they tried to figure out these next steps together. And here we are today, walking out or at least hopefully starting to walk out of the most traumatic global health crisis we have had in a century. And I think we need to talk about it. We need to talk with each other. We need to be with each other, even if it's still using technology. We are all walking out of some sort of grief, loss, or even trauma from the past 18 months. And if you don't think you've lost anything, if you think everything has gone great, then I would encourage you to think back to March 1st, 2020. What were some of your hopes and dreams for the next 18 months? We've all had to let go of something. And we have been, like these two disciples, profoundly disappointed for numer- numerous reasons. Now, this amazing story that we're going to be traveling with for a few weeks, which Quick side note, um, for those of you who have been on an, a what's called an Emmaus walk here, this story holds significant um, significance for you. And if you haven't been on an Emmaus walk, um, one of the people here who has, um, but I'd be glad to point you in their direction, would be more than happy to talk to you about it. But this Emmaus story, in our situation today, have some overlap. They both ask us, what do you do when everything falls apart? How do you handle loss? How do you find meaning again when what you hoped for didn't end up happening? Now what I think we see in this, even in this little brief snippet of this story and what I believe is true for our situation today is that this is what's called a liminal space. Um, Now that term was new for me a few years ago. Um, And here's what it means. It is the road between the now and the not yet. It's kind of like we wake up and start on this morning walk and suddenly it becomes really foggy. Now we know we're not back at home anymore. We're not where we used to be, but we can't quite see where we're going either. Liminal space. We know we're not where we used to be, but what is to come, what is before us, is not entirely clear. And here's the reality about being in a liminal space. The only way we get to this point is by experiencing a loss, any type of loss. These two disciples didn't know what their future was going to hold. But they know that they knew that what they had experienced with Jesus the past couple of years had changed them. And they were committed toward trying to figure out their future together. And I think that's where we're at, not only individually, but also as a church. We don't quite know yet, individually, societally, or as a church, who we're going to be moving forward. But we get to figure it out together. And being in this liminal space and continuing to walk forward is hard. Because guess what, human beings, we're not very good with uncertainty. We don't like to sit in this liminal space where we don't know everything because it's uncomfortable. So walking down Emmaus Road in a liminal space, that takes courage, it takes faith because the reality we find in this time is that we can't just flip a switch and make everything better. You know, I think back to March 2020, those 18 months ago now, um, our Bishop released a video saying, close down for, close your buildings for at least two weeks and hopefully we'll be able to come and sing our Easter hallelujahs once again. So it's gonna be a huge party just a few weeks after. Flip the switch. It's just a speed bump. That didn't happen. I mean, shoot, these disciples at least got Jesus back after three days. We've had to wait 18 months. Hasn't been easy. Author and community leader Ruth Haley Barton writes that spiritual transformation takes place incrementally, and it takes place over time with others in the context of disciplines and practices that open us up to God. Spiritual transformation takes place incrementally, over time. No quick fix, no flipping the switch. And it happens with others. Others together doing disciplines and practices that open us up to God. Transformation that we all need, that our church needs, that we need as a society. Walking through this liminal space, getting to the other side of the uncertainty, isn't about flipping the switch. It isn't just about saying, let's go back to normal. It's putting ourselves... Kind of in a pot of stew, stew that is just starting to be made because what's, what do you do with stew? Well, it has to simmer for a long time and you add ingredients as you go along and as things simmer and kind of melt together, they start to form something new. You know, I mentioned at the beginning of service that we're going to be starting some new small groups um, soon, and it might feel like this is a really weird time to try something new because the desire to just have what we're used to, to just get back to the normal is more comfortable. After the past 18 months, we don't need something new. Just give me back my normal and I'll be good. So maybe something new is just the invitation that we need. Maybe entering into intentional spiritual development with new or perhaps they are more familiar people who you've kind of been distanced from these past 18 months is what our soul needs. When we are in liminal spaces, they offer us a choice. Do we want to go back to what we know? Or do we want to walk together with others through it? Are we going to go back to what we know? Or are we willing to walk with others through the liminal time? To lean into the unknown together, as uncomfortable as it may, not may, but will be. And if we're willing to do that, this story offers us up some really good news about liminal spaces. It's where Jesus shows up. What we'll see in the coming weeks is that we can find community with each other and with Jesus in unexpected places and in unexpected times. Now, Jesus, at this point in our story, we only read the first two verses. Jesus hasn't shown up yet for these two disciples. And maybe you don't feel like Jesus has shown up yet in your own situation. But what we'll see in the story is that when we make a choice to walk together, even in liminal spaces, Jesus comes near. The Spirit of God still comes to speak, to guide us, to comfort us, to nurture us, to give wisdom. Because if we just go back to what we know, well, I don't think we really need Jesus to do that. We can do life like we knew before on our own. But traveling through the liminal space, living into a new reality, we don't know how to do that yet. I mean,. This church alone for the past 18 months, it's felt like we've had four different realities of what our church is, online only, online and in person, in person, while being live streamed. We have been walking through the fog in all of this, building the plane as we've been flying it. I can't promise you what the future of the church is going to look like. But what I believe and what I think Jesus shows us here is that if we're willing to walk together as a church and in small groups, Jesus will still show up in our lives. The co-founder of Pixar, um, Ed Catno once said, there is a sweet spot between the known and the unknown, where originality happens. The key is to be able to linger there without panicking. Staying in this liminal space, trusting that Jesus will show up, even amidst our discomfort and uncertainty. Friends, thousands of years ago, these two disciples we're gonna spend these next couple of weeks with were completely clueless about what their future would hold. Because they thought they had lost everything. (sighs) Ended up that everything was okay. Their life wasn't easy. Jesus didn't come back, didn't get resurrected so they make their life all easier. Most of them were still persecuted and went through really hard times. Even with a risen Jesus among us, life can still be difficult. But these disciples learned to journey with the unknown and with each other, and Jesus showed up. And today we can lean into this story, and we can make it our own again, and Jesus can still show up even when the way before us isn't clear. Amen. So, friends, when we are in a liminal space, let me backtrack for just a second, because one of the biggest stories in the Bible where we see a liminal space is way back in the the book of Exodus. (laughs) These people were just freed from slavery. They went on a journey that they thought was gonna be two weeks that lasted 40 years. Those 40 years was a liminal space, not knowing what the future held. And they trusted for God to show up. And the place where we come, believing that God will show up is at our table. And here at Grace, friends, this table does not belong to me. Doesn't belong to our church. Doesn't belong to our denomination. It belongs to Jesus. Jesus is the host of the communion table. And wherever you are here or at home, You are welcome to partake of this holy meal with us, and we hope you will. Um, At home, you can grab whatever is suitable for you, just some crackers and juice or whatever. You can bring that as closest to you. Um, For those of you here, if you have not received one of our cups, please uh, go back to the usher stand, and we'll get one of those for you. Friends, you are welcome to sit in this liminal space. And Jesus shows up through incredibly ordinary things. Nothing special about this. But Jesus does some pretty extraordinary things with ordinary stuff. So let us prepare to come to this meal. We do that through this thing that we call the liturgy, which is just meaning basically what we do to get ready for the dinner party with Jesus. It is the work we do as the people. So will you please join me in our liturgy today? Come to the table, you who are scattered and torn. Come to the table, you who are anxious and scared. Come to the table, you who are weary and heavy laden. Come to the table, you who are lost and lonely. Come to the table. Friends, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right, a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. From ancient times, you have created us in your image, called us to be your people, taught us the ways of life and death. When we were scattered abroad and became lost on the paths of death and destruction, you continued to walk with us, beckoned us home. In the words of prophets and poets, you called us to return to you, offering us a vision of renewal and promising a better future. And in the fullness of time, you sent your Son, Christ Jesus, to show us the folly of our ways, to bring us once more into the community of your saving love as we celebrate his invitation to abundant life and his call to partake of the holy mystery of being gathered into divine communion with you and with one another we remember your gifts and proclaim the mystery of faith say it with me christ has died christ is risen christ will come again holy are you and blessed is our shepherd christ jesus When you sent Christ to be with us, he called us to be his flock and became our shepherd, that we might find our way home. Through the holy mystery of this table, we are invited into your presence, tended to in our weakness, and strengthened by this bread and this cup. With joy and gratitude, we remember that night when Jesus took the bread, broke it, gave it to his disciples, saying, take, eat, this is my body given for you, do this in remembrance of me." After supper, Jesus took the cup and gave it to his disciples saying, drink. This is my life of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us pray. God of searching love, your presence has called us here to receive the bounty of your hand. Bless these gifts of bread and cup here and everywhere with your Holy Spirit, that they may be signs of your homecoming welcome through Christ our Lord. Amen. May I take and remove the top film. Friends, take and eat the body of Christ given in love. The blood of Christ, take and drink for forgiveness once and for all. Amen. Let us now sing about the Spirit who is still with us. Friends, we are now invited to share um, anything that we want to lift up in prayer um, give thanks for where we've seen God at work in our lives. Um, you have a prayer list in your bulletin for those here in person, and um, if there's anything else for those online, you can put prayer requests in the comments and we'll add them to pray about during the week. And for those here, you're welcome to just raise your hand and share any prayer requests or. Um, Anything you'd like to give thanks for, as well? Hey, wife. Uh, prayers for a friend that had emergency gallbladder surgery this weekend, and prayers for a former colleague who's going to chemo. Yep. We're gonna pray for our personal friend of Brienne and I's who's having gallbladder surgery, emergency, and um, the can- Chemo. Chemo, yeah. And uh, a different friend. There was one. Ooh. Yes, hey! i uh, traveling mercies for my sister Terry and the deputies in the four of us. Yeah, the Ducasse's will be traveling back to Florida then? Okay. Travel for the whole family. Then, okay, Anita in the back. Um, yes, I just wanted to tell you that um, Julian, the 17-year-old Yes. Girl, Okay, so um, we are going to be continuing to pray for Julian. Um, he's just a 17 year old kid, car accident, tragically he's now paralyzed and is now going up to a special care facility in Atlanta. Travel mercies for Bob and I as we travel to next weekend memorial service. Yeah, prayers for Peggy and Bob as they travel for memorial. Then Sunja? For her finals, you said okay. Say that last one again. Oh, Kira! Yeah, of course. Um. So yeah, how about that? Um, so yes, we'll pray for Laura as she has some finals this week. And also, um, a little granddaughter who we had the privilege of baptizing here a few years ago is now starting preschool. How does that happen? <laughs> yes. Hey, Linda. Linda? Um, uh, peace in the next week and a half, uh, waiting knee surgery. Yes. Linda will be having knee surgery in next two weeks, week and a half. And, hey Cheryl. We'll pray for Delane who has severe back pain. Thank you. Hey Judy. We'll pray for Judy for safe travels as well. Got it, okay. There's, he now. Hey, for a good friend, for way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I friend California is having a hard time with Okay, pray for Pat. Hey, Prayers for our nation as the anniversary, the 20th anniversary of 911 is coming up. Good word. Yes, thank you for highlighting that. Hey, Carol. Praise that my um, brother-in-law is sick, returned for two months in Alaska. That's great. Okay, did I miss anybody? <laughs> So, friends, I would also like to highlight um, that tomorrow is Labor Day. And um, this is actually something the United Methodist Church has a history of being involved in. Um, Early in the 20th century, we were actually working to help end child labor. And um, in the 50s, during the Civil Rights Movement, We were standing with those looking for fair wages and better working conditions, um, dedicated toward fairness and justice in the workplace, and we're still trying to do that today. Um, This is from a UMC article. It says, when John Wesley founded the Methodist movement during the 18th century, there was no worker movement the way we'd understand it today. But Wesley preached to and cared for coal miners and other oppressed workers. He also opposed slavery. After Wesley died, his followers continued to work against workplace injustices in rapidly industrializing England and adopting the first social creed in 1908 that dealt exclusively with labor practices. So, tomorrow I'd invite us, especially in light of the past 18 months, to some reflection. Um, think of the workers we deem essential this past year. But a lot of them are still going to have to show up for work tomorrow, grocery workers, nurses still working to save those who are sick with COVID. They're still working tomorrow. So this morning to begin our community prayer I'm going to share the Labor Day prayer from the United Methodist Book of Worship. Let us pray together. Oh God, you have bound us together in this life. Give us grace to understand how our lives depend on the courage the industry, the honesty, and the integrity of all who labor. May we be mindful of their needs, grateful for their faithfulness, and faithful in our responsibilities to them. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And God, you also know that there are so many needs right now that we are carrying things and what feels like an endless liminal time, but it is in this place where you show up. So God, we pray for Pat, she deals with depression. Pray for Rick to clear his mind and show him the way to go. Pray for Katie and Kevin. Pray for our friend having gallbladder surgery. Pray for someone having chemo. Pray for those who are traveling this time. Those traveling here and this whole weekend, God, keep them safe. Pray for Laura. Give her the mind to do the very best she can in these tests. And God, we also thank you for Kira. Keep her safe and let her have as fun a time as she possibly can in preschool. God, we pray for the pray for Linda. She awaits knee surgery. Pray for Delane. God, we also pray for those who are going to be grieving in six more days. Twentieth anniversary of something unspeakable in this country that it just goes beyond control. You probably know where we were. And God, we know that for a lot of people, this brings up a lot of grief. So God, be with them. Be with David. Dorothy. Those in Afghanistan, those recovering from Ida. Alice, Laura's mom, when all that is on our mind and heart and that has gone been left unsaid, Let us now pray as Christ taught us to pray, saying the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom